It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. This great replacement theory was the motivator for the shooting in Buffalo. Yes where that shooter had all these great replacement theory writings that J.D. Vance agrees with, some sicko got this information that he's peddling with, again, those extremists that he runs around with, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, all these guys, they just want to stoke this racial violence. We're tired of it, J.D. This is disgusting. I'd like to get Here's exactly what happens when the media and people like Tim Ryan accuse me of engaging the great replacement theory. I'll tell you you exactly exactly what happens, Tim. What happens is that my own children, my biracial children, get attacked by scumbags online and in person because you are so desperate for political power that you'll accuse me, the father of three beautiful biracial babies of engaging in racism, we are sick of it. You can believe in a border without being a racist. You can believe in the the country without being a racist. And this just shows how desperate this guy is for political power. All right. I think we are sick of it. I really do think we're sick of it. We are sick, all of us, black and white and brown, sick of the divisions that the left is stoking, making such a big deal about the color of our skin, all the while claiming that we're the ones making the big deal about it. So I thought that J.D. Vance responded beautifully to uh, Senator Tim Ryan, who wants to be, you know, well, he wants to be the senator from the state of Ohio. Yeah, I can't remember if he's the sitting senator, sorry. Uh, But nevertheless, they're battling for that seat in Ohio. Uh, Those of you listening in Ohio may have seen that. It was a couple of nights ago. I didn't get to see the whole thing. I've just heard a few excerpts. Sorry, morning flog here. Um, Flog or frog, depending on what you prefer. (laughs) Anyway, um, I thought J.D. made a great point. And I also would like to point out that uh, Tim Ryan has been, he was the person who said that I quoted a couple of weeks ago about talking, uh, the exact wording may elude me, but basically it was that the mega people must be destroyed. The MAGA movement must be destroyed. I think that's the basically the words are killed. He may have even said killed. It was pretty amazing, and it came along, you know, on the heels of Joe Biden speaking out at that that horrible speech he gave in, you know, with red behind him and um, soldiers with their rifles, you know, in arms as he, you know, threatened Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, calling them semi-fascists. Uh, that they don't respect the Constitution or the rule of law. Well, we have some polling now that kind of um, reveals how the American people feel about that. Uh, There was a survey that found that a striking 62% of independents said that Biden's address was a dangerous escalation in rhetoric and designed to incite conflict amongst Americans. And just 31% of independents said it was acceptable rhetoric during an election year. There's a new poll by the Trafalgar Group 
for the Association of Mature Citizens, and they found that a majority of respondents, that's 51%, say they believe the Biden administration has crossed an important ethical line in pursuing political opponents. So it's not playing very well. And uh, so we'll find out, you know, in Ohio, if the people of Ohio want someone like Tim Ryan, who's trying to accuse J.D. Vance of, uh, you know, wanting to do away with minority populations, uh, that's really what the replacement theory is all about. And so that's what he's been accusing him of. So I just very, I thought that was uh, very interesting. And by the way, speaking of the Biden administration, ever, you know, ever the champs here, uh, they are now working on digital cops to monitor social media and make arrests. And they would do this. Um, uh, this is what the forecaster forecast is for researchers working on this on behalf of the Biden administration. They're forecasting a future where police and border agents are assisted by artificial intelligence, not as a software tool, but as an autonomous partner capable of taking the steering wheel during pursuits and scouring social media to target people for closer investigation. Uh, you can see, can you not, if we allow them to stay in office, and meaning President Biden, all the people standing behind him, people whose faces you cannot see behind the curtain, and all of the operatives in Congress, uh, like like the Ryans and the, the Schumers and Pelosi and all, they're all they are they are totalitarians who want a very different America than you and I. And all the while wailing that we're trying to destroy democracy when that's exactly what they're doing. The left always accuses their opponents of what they're doing. Always remember that. If they come out with an accusation and you go, what? It, just remember, that means that's what they're doing, okay? So they're accusing um, people who love this country, love the Constitution of destroying democracy, when exactly, in fact, it's they that are doing that. Um, now, one other thing, um, lots to tell you this morning. Really, I'm actually looking forward to our discussion this morning. Dr. Robert Malone will be joining us in a few minutes, and we're going to talk about all things COVID, the COVID update, because it's pretty fascinating. And so uh, that's what we're going to be discussing for the bulk of the show this morning. But uh, back to Congress, because I'm really kind of, in, I'm in, I can't believe it. I confess to you that I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. I, I am actually, uh, it just seems like it's possible that God may have heard our prayers and that we, we may get a reprieve. Uh, down in Georgia, they're having record turnout right now in their early voting. You know, and there was all that wailing about voter intimidation by asking for voter ID. It's not happening. And the polls are being uh, showing very favorable uh, sure, very, very favorably for conservatives and a lot of people who are truly conservative. A lot of them aren't, uh, but they are better than the left. And so, um, you have to you have to use your really your wisdom beyond measure uh, about who to vote for. And by the way, if you did not listen to yesterday's uh, interaction with Ned Jones about what to do about the election, will you please go to the podcast section and listen to it because it was probably one of the most powerful, effective. Uh, interviews I've done about what you can do about this upcoming election. And on our Getter page, and be sure, G-E-T-T-R, sign up for Getter so you can follow and read the articles that we post. We, we gave up on Facebook, and you know why. So you will find links to Ned's uh, Ned's um, work and how you can uh, sign up to be a poll, poll worker and how you can train yourself for what to watch. They've got videos on there. It's really amazing stuff and you can join their army of people that are just watching they've got their eyes on every election area all the ballots all of that so 
Uh, it's kind of becoming an army, and you can join that army if you really want to do something. So listen yes to yesterday's and go to Getter. I wish I could remember those uh, uh, cl- uh, sources right off my top of my head, but I can't in this moment. Uh, so one other encouragement for me yesterday, I heard uh, in my inbox from people that I trust, it looks as though, it looks as though the Republicans in Congress might actually be gearing up to hold people responsible. Now, I don't want to overstate that because I'll believe it when I see it, uh, but it looks like it might be more than rhetoric this time. There are just some signs. And um, I'll just give you one example. This is not a surprise. Jim Jordan of Ohio, who's going to be the top Republican on judiciary, he'll be the chairman if they win, sent a series of preservation letters Monday to White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain, uh, Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona, and Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, he's demanding preservation of evidence related to federal tar- agents targeting parents who spoke out at board meetings. And so, and there's much more to that story, and we will discuss it at greater length uh, on a different day. But I have other things I want to tell you. Um, Chicago now has just announced, uh, I don't know what the day was, but they've announced it now, that they're going to require, are you ready? COVID-19 vaccinations for election workers during early voting. Wonder why they would do that? Because you know, COVID's not really an issue now, uh, not in the real world. But uh, well, guess I guess maybe because they could actually weed out uh, people like you and me uh, who wouldn't want to do that to be an election worker. So uh, that's what they're doing in Chicago. You, and this is what we're. This is more of the totalitarian state lifting its creepy, ugly head. And this is why we have to fight back. I want to just talk about COVID for a minute because. Uh, by the way, the life expectancy, um, let me just read this. This is from uh, James Agresti. Uh, this is a great article, and he says, the U.S. life expectancy fell with the COVID vaccine rollout. Uh, the New York Times is blaming a lack of vaccination and white people. Uh, I don't have time to go into all this article, but the numbers are, a portion of the U.S. population fully ba- vaccinated against COVID-19 rose from 0% at the outside of 2021 to 63% by the end of the year. Yet the CDC recently estimated that average U.S. life expectancy fell by 0.9 years in 2021. One, almost one full tenth, uh, one point, almost one point in 2021. And this in addition to a 1.8 year decline in 2020 on top of that. So um, this has not been good. And I think most of you know this instinctively. And when I um, I've been preaching don't take the, the vaccine for several months now. I didn't at the, at the onset, but I did finally land in that place. I, I don't want you to listen to this. Uh, how is it possible? Is it possible for you to have taken the vaccine and still hear the bad information? Can you handle that? Can you? I think you have to think about future generations and your own children because the, the CDC right now is looking to put the COVID-19 vaccines in the lineup, like the regular, vac- the the calendar, like it's time for the measles, it's time for the the mumps shot, whatever they give now, um, uh, polio, uh, they want to add COVID to this, and they're seriously considering it. We'll talk to Dr. Malone about that. This is how serious, and so that's why you need to be uh, armed with truth, even if it's unpleasant and hard to hear. I have loved ones that have taken the vaccine. It's not easy for me either. I want to read something. I found this fascinating. This is from a French army general, a Christian Balchon. He says, it's a letter. Even if I were fully vaccinated, 
I would admire the unvaccinated for resisting the greatest pressure I have ever seen, including from spouses, parents, children, friends, colleagues, and doctors. People who have been capable of such personality, courage, and critical ability undoubtedly embody the best of humanity. They can be found everywhere, in all ages, levels of education, countries, and opinions. They are a particular kind. They are the soldiers that every army of light wishes to have in its ranks. They are the parents that every child wants to have and the children that every parent dreams of having. They are above average beings in their societies. They, they are the essence of the peoples who have built all cultures and conquered horizons. They are there by your side. They look normal, but they are superheroes. They did what others couldn't do. They were the tree that withstood the hurricane of insults, discrimination, and social exclusion. And they did it because they thought they were alone and believed they were alone. Excluded from their family's Christmas tables, they have never seen anything so cruel. They lost their jobs. They left, let their careers sink. They had no money, but they didn't care. They have suffered immeasurable discrimination, denunciations, betrayals, and humiliations, but they continued. Never before in humanity has there ever been such a casting. We now know who the resistance fighters on planet Earth. Women, men, old, young, rich, poor, of all races and religions, the unvaccinated, the chosen of the invisible ark, the only ones who managed to resist when everything collapsed. It is you. You have passed an unimaginable test that many of the toughest Marines, commandos, Green Berets, astronauts, and geniuses have not been able to overcome. You are made of the stuff of the greatest who ever lived, those heroes born among ordinary men who shine in the dark. And that again by uh, French General Christian Blanchon. Christian, Christian Blanchon. Uh, I just think that's amazing. And could I just add a caveat? I, I'm not vaccinated. I don't consider myself a hero because I'm sort of insulated. And so don't think that I'm bragging on myself. But I want all of you who've made such great sacrifices, and so many of you called here to listen to this and take it to heart. And by the way, we'll put this on our Getter page too. Uh, but then on the other side, those of you that did take the vaccine or thought, you know, was the right thing to do or were misinformed or even showed some cowardice, uh, you can, every day is a new day. It's time now to show courage, don't you think? And you can do that. All right, when we return, we're going to be talking to Dr. Robert Malone. So stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray. 
a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Chris Inglis, National Cyber Director. He coordinates cybersecurity policy between federal agencies, Congress, and the White House. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 reminds us of the protection God provides. But the Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Chris Inglis as he advises the president. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the presidential prayer team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country. And we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, stopped by Tres Chiles Picosas for a meal the other day. The staff was starstruck. Not too many celebrities dropped by their Northern California restaurant. So the bartender and one of the waitresses had their picture made and then posted on Facebook. And that's when the trouble started. Liberals were enraged, many coming down with a bad case of indigestion, demanding they take down that photo. The restaurant faced all sorts of threats. Many are calling for a boycott. Furious, they would feed a pro-Trump diner who says the 2020 election was stolen. Muy loco, America. But to the restaurant's credit, they did not remove the photo. The owner told a local newspaper she would not be bullied. Turns out Tres Chiles Picosas translates to three spicy peppers, and the owner is one spicy pepper. My new book makes a great gift, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, available at ToddStearns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Well, there is alarming new evidence tonight of the impact the COVID pandemic has had on American high schoolers. ACT test scores, which show the level of readiness for college-level courses, hit a 30-year low this year. The average composite score was 19.8 out of 36, making this the lowest average score since 1991. 42% met none of the ACT's subject benchmarks. All right, that with the scores that, you know, reading and math, reading has gotten way, way down, and math for the first time uh, in, I think, decades has gone down for American children. It is, there are a lot of effects of the COVID pandemic on all of us, and we're going to talk about this with uh, with our good friend, well, I, he may not, he doesn't know me very well, but I consider him a good friend because of the work that he's done. Um, um, we're going to talk about COVID this morning because it's been a while since we have addressed it. I have there's just news constantly, and I'm trying to keep up with all of it. But there are things happening even today as we speak on this front. Uh, they're going to be talking about making these vaccines like part of the calendar for children as young as five. Uh, they're going to be just voting on that. No, actually tomorrow. So there are things happening right now that we need to be engaged in. 
But Dr. Robert Malone has been a central figure in fighting back. He's one of those heroes that the French general that I just read that letter to you from is remarking on because doctors have paid an incredible price for standing up against this machine of the left, the totalitarian machine of the left. And Dr. Robert Malone is one of the, one of the chief standers-uppers. And uh, we're going to talk to him in a second. Let me just say he's the discoverer of the in vitro and in vivo RNA transfection and the inventor of mRNA vaccines while he was at the Salk Institute in 1988. He was also an inventor of DNA vaccines in 1988 and 1989. And we could go on and on, but I want to introduce him. Dr. Mon, thanks for joining us. Hi, Sandy. Uh, I think you can call me a friend. Uh, we've done broadcast together before. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That's very kind of you, Dr. Malone. Uh, and listen, I could you just uh, since I said this, uh, let me just ask you to flesh it out. Uh, what, from your perspective, uh, I just read this incredible letter from a French general about the heroics of people that refused the vaccine. It was just beautiful. I wish I had maybe had you on the air when I read it. Uh, and I think you are one of those heroes. And I want to know, how, how can you quantify what the price you've paid for the stand that you've taken? Uh, quantify. Um, it's destroyed my consulting business that I've built up over decades. Um, I've been attacked uh, by uh, the corporate press. Um my Wikipedia page is just uh, nonstop defamation, and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, they've uh, basically tried to rewrite my own history uh, to deny uh, any validity uh, so that they can disparage whatever my comments or opinions are. And then uh, in terms of our family life, uh, it's it's been nonstop travel, um, and uh, this uh, constant barrage of of criticism, and uh, then then recently even there's been uh, people that you would have associated with a more right wing position, conservative position, that have been calling me a mass murderer. Uh, one of them is uh, Stu Peters and Jane Ruby uh, consider me a mass murderer because of my role in creating the technology platform when I was in my late 20s. Uh, I'm now in my uh, early 60s uh, and had nothing to do with creating these vaccines. And then there's another group that considers me a mass murderer because I have uh, circulated the idea and championed the idea of, of mass formation or mass psychosis or mass formation psychosis, the work of Matthias Desmet, Hannah Arndt, um, Gustav Le Bon, and, and so many others. And there's a school of thought that apparently by doing this, I'm somehow uh, giving the global predators uh, a pass by blaming individuals uh, for what's happened, which is absolutely not the case. But it's it's been a a long, strange ride, that's for sure, and yes, it's like, a little exhausting. It's like the yin and the yang. I mean, because, you know, uh, in uh, in my world, <laughs> you are champion. It must be like a whiplash to go back and forth. But the real, you, you, you traverse your world is the medical world, the scientific world, 
and that's a hard world to be in and take the stand that you have. And let me just pause and say that you are going to be one of the featured speakers this weekend. I do want to talk about, I just want to mention this because I want people to know right up front, uh, you know, there's a whole, all all of the heroes, not all of them, but most of them, are going to be in Florida this weekend for a one-day conference. It's still open. I've checked uh, with uh, Dr. Lutell, who's operating it. There's still some uh, seats or places left. Um, Bruce and I are actually going to be there. It's going to start at 10 o'clock in the morning, go to 4.30. It's in the Villages, Florida, and it is the Florida Florida Summit on COVID. It's going to feature Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Malone, Uh, Matt Staver, who's going to be talking about what's happening in the military, and so many of you are in the military. We've talked. I'm going to play a clip this morning of the young major who called us this last week, and we had a heartbreaking conversation with him about what's happening, but Matt Staver will be, has been defending these guys, and he'll be speaking, and Dr. Richard Urso, and there's so many more that I can't uh, mention, Uh, but if you would like to go, let me just tell you, this is how you do it. You go to prescribetruth.com, prescribe truth.com. It's not too late to get in. And uh, it uh, maybe some of you, you know, it's not cheap, but it's also, uh, you know, I just feel like we are helping. This is my, for me, it's, I'm all in to help these guys in any way I can and to support them and also to just soak in this incredible information. They're going to be talking about the future of medicine in post-COVID America. It's prescribetruth.com. I will mention it again in the show, but um, it'd be good if you jot that down and we'll put that on our getter page in case, you know, your friendly hostess forgets to do that. So, uh, Dr. Malone, I want to share, You, I realize you'll be talking about a lot of things, but there's an article that really grabbed me, especially given that one of the themes of this conference is the future of medicine in post-COVID America. This is it. You may have seen this. The Daily Mail published this article just a couple of days ago, and it is, uh, Minnesota medical students vow to honor all indigenous ways of healing. Uh, the woke, this woke pledge, according to the headline, replaces the Hippocratic Oath. Minnesota medical students vow to honor all indigenous ways of healing historically marginalized by Western medicine and fight white supremacy, colonialism, gender binary, ableism, and all forms of oppression. They were led in the pledge by Dr. Robert Englander, the Associate Dean for Undergraduate Education in the White Coat Ceremony. Dr. Malone, I don't even know where to start. I just have you comment on that. What do you think about that? So uh, this is, it seems crazy, but in fact, there are now uh, criteria for getting, that are being applied for getting into medical school that basically are woke criteria. Uh, And it's being in many medical schools at a time when, they don't have enough time to even teach basic embryology, a lot of the fundamentals. They're now implementing uh, training in uh, cultural sensitivity and other woke practices. Uh, so this, this what you're hearing is really just a, a small part. It's, a, it's kind of shocking that they would substitute this for the Hippocratic Oath, but it's just a small part of a broader agenda that's swept across all medical education now. Well, and then some areas, as we know, we took a couple of weeks ago, they're doing away with, I think it's Boston, I think, uh, microbiology. 
I think it's microbiology that's supposed to be the flunk, the course that flunks everyone out that's so difficult, and it's so difficult the students complained, and the professor who'd been at the university for what, to, to, I can just by memory, you know, 15 years, let's say, uh, was fired. Oh, I think you're, you're talking about the uh, article about the coursework in chemistry, uh, because for, at the undergraduate level, and this was a senior chemistry professor, Organic chemistry is a really organic. Tough course. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You're right. And yeah, and it is a tough course. And he'd been teaching it for years. And uh, just like the lead-in when you're reading the scores, uh, the university students are coming in really unprepared and unqualified. And he's been teaching organic chemistry for decades. Been a top, uh, you know, professor in his field recognized multiple awards and his point was that the current crop of students are just not meeting the standards and uh in organic chemistry if you can't do the work you don't pass uh and so he applied the same standards that he's been applying for decades uh which resulted in a large fraction of the class failing and so the uh class objected and I guess his dean sided with the students over the faculty member and uh, dropped the standards for organic chemistry. What this means is, as this, this is just one case example. It's happening all across the United States. And, and the real practical outcome is that we're going to fall further behind in terms of educational training uh, from our competing nations, including China. Uh, and we're just going to... We're going to slip further and further away. It's going to make it harder and harder for American industry to compete. And they're going to have to uh, continue to import uh, talent from, uh, for instance, India, because they can't find it here in America because our schools are producing the quality that's necessary. Well, and practically speaking, it also means that when you go to your doctor, I don't think you'll be able to trust them in the same way. I think there's been like a dagger placed in the heart of the trust, at least many Americans. They don't, the, I they guess don't the, want, so, Sandy, what's behind this is that medicine now, it's been transformed. It's now been corporatized. And uh, the corporations don't want to have physicians that think for themselves. They want to have physicians that follow protocols. That's what all of this is about, is corporate medicine and corporate and, and medical insurance um, wants to have the security of having established protocols uh, that are endorsed by the government, which covers them in terms of liability, uh, and wants to just have automatons that will implement those protocols based on whatever boxes you check when you come in. It's a movement towards a more artificial intelligence-based medicine system, which will be, they believe, more profitable. I believe it will result in far worse care. And this traditional physician-patient relationship um, is being destroyed, as you point out, as well, a consequence. Yes, and I think, uh, you know, we already, well, I'll just say this. I certainly already knew and observed for years that it is becoming more corporate. Hospitals are uh, becoming, you know, owned by big companies and doctors have less autonomy. That's been happening 
Uh, but COVID was really, honestly, I'm going to say again, the dagger uh, in, I think, our, star, our way of medicine because uh, we saw otherwise rational doctors actually be willing, and I'm going to say this, Dr. Malone, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, be willing to kill people with ventilators and uh, terrible medicine applied to people that were COVID positive, uh, like locking people up, shutting them away, uh, killing them in other ways too. Otherwise, maybe compassionate doctors bowed the knee to their corporate masters on this. And I think that's that was the turning point. That's a turning point. Don't you agree? Yes. And um, the person that really speaks eloquently about this is Dr. Paul Merrick who will be at this uh, Florida summit called the Future of American and Post-COVID America, Future of Medicine and Post-COVID America. So I, I really recommend anybody that's interested in kind of learning more about what's really happening on the front lines. Uh, this is a good conference to attend, and Paul is a great speaker on just the topic you're, you're hitting on right here, which is the destruction, really, of the ability of uh, certainly hospitalists. Now, there is a, I don't want to be totally bleak. There are primary care physicians and other medical care providers that have broken away from hospital systems. And in many cases, they've been forced away from hospital systems. And uh, paradoxically, it's no longer the specialists in many ways that are at the forefront of medicine, but it's these independent primary care physicians physicians that are out in the community. John Littell is a great example of that. And he's the one organizing this event on Saturday. And by the way, if you'd like to go, it's go to prescribetruth.com, prescribetruth.com. It's a Florida summit on COVID, the future of medicine in post-COVID America. This is something that affects every single one of us. And I, I have to say that the totalitarians understand and have for years that if they can control of your medical care, they can control you. It has to do, it's so very personal. It has to do with our children, our families. Uh, think of all those anxious moments, mothers, as you had a crying baby who had a fever and you anxiously dialed that phone and at the other end you had a compassionate voice telling you what to do. That's what's about to end if it hasn't already. That may seem minor, but that is everything when it comes to raising your children, the health of your family. And so uh, this is, uh, we're, in the, we're watching the destruction of uh, the, the most wonderful medical system the world has ever seen. And um, um, I'm just praying, hoping and praying that something will, out of the ashes, will resurrect. And we'll talk about that. Also want to do an update on COVID with Dr. Malone when we return. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this. And that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. So they asked me to enter my email address, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away 
sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Michelle Obama's When We All Vote initiative partnered with BLK, a dating app that targets more melanated singles to do voter registration activation. The app recently released a music video that suggests that the reward for voting, presumably for Democrat candidates, would be sexual gratification. The video features homosexual rapper Saucy Santana and Miami, Florida rapper Trina. The video is degrading, insulting, and disgusting. It demeans more melanated voters to being made in the Imago Dog instead of the Imago Day. No need to discuss policy and values with you. Perverted promiscuity is enough. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. There were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Our Committee on the Present Danger China has hosted over 40 webinars in recent weeks, exposing the myriad ways in which the Chinese Communist Party is waging unrestricted warfare aimed at destroying the United States and the Americans, helping them do it. Especially powerful was yesterday's program, illuminating the truth about the events of January 6, 2021, and the unconstitutional, cruel, and unusual punishment judges have allowed to be meted out to those falsely accused of trying that day to overthrow the U.S. government. Washington District Judge Emmett Sullivan is prominent among the jurists who have allowed one-six defendants to languish in solitary confinement and other horrific conditions for months without trial. He should be removed from all January 6th cases, as should everyone who has abused their offices to wage political warfare and violate the constitutional rights of American patriots. This is Frank Afney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Sandy Rios back with you. Uh, in this last segment, I want us to just kind of revisit some of the areas where COVID is still, uh, I don't know, alive and well, and at least in people's minds and causing such damage. I want to point out that Florida Surgeon General uh, just uh, d- issued a very controversial tweet last week about not giving, uh, not giving uh, the RNA vaccine, the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine to men 18 to 39, uh, warning them that the uh, um, there's an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death 
within 28 days of the vaccine and other things as well. Last week, uh, Dr. Malone is our guest this morning. Dr. Malone, I want you to hear something because uh, we have all kinds of military people who listen and all kinds of people, as you can imagine, in every, every situation around the country that we've tried to help in various ways. But this was a young man who uh, boldly even gave his own name. He is, um, it's Major Clinton Casey. Uh, he has like four children. Uh, he uh, um, uh, um, submitted a religious exemption on the vaccine, and uh, they are refusing it to him. It's been going on for a long time. And I just want you to hear the last part of my interaction with him just to set the stage for our next discussion. Here he is, this brave young soldier, one of the ones the French general was talking about that I read in the first segment. Here it is, Major Clinton Casey. There's a quote from John Adams and Abigail Adams um, that doesn't get much attention, but it is relevant to this point. Um, when, when, John, when John Adams was um, accepted into the House of Representatives in 1770, uh, he went home, and this is what he said. He said, I have accepted a seat in the House of Representatives, and thereby have consented to my own ruin, to your ruin, and to the ruin of our children. I give you this warning that you may prepare your mind for your fate. Um, it says, the Abigail Adams burst into tears, but instantly cried out um, in magnanimity. Well, I am willing in this cause to run all risks with you and be ruined with you. If you are ruined, then John Adams says that these were times, my friend, in Boston, which tried women's souls as well as men's. Letter to Benjamin Rush, April 12, 1809. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the families of the military have to support them so they can defend their oath, and that's the only way that we'll turn this around. I want to read this again. He's saying, I'm going to, I've consented to do this, and I've consented now to my own ruin, to your ruin, and to the ruin of our children. I give you this warning that you may prepare your mind for your fate. Abigail burst into tears, but instantly cried out in transport of magnanimity, Well, I am willing in this cause to run all risks with you, be ruined with you, if you are ruined. And that is a, that's a high bar. And yet, really, honestly, uh, that is necessary. It was necessary for our founders because they all pledged their lives and their fortunes and uh, said they would all hang together or separately. And that is kind of where we are, isn't it, Major Casey? It's where we are. All right. So his situation, uh, Dr. Malone, is that he he actually he has a full ride to the military uh, scholarship at a school, and um, the money's in the bank. And now they're threatening to take it because they won't give him an honorable discharge if he doesn't take the vaccine. Uh, he's trying to pay two mortgages on a major salary. It goes on and on. That's one story, but it was very moving, and I wanted you to hear that. There's people who paid such a price, and. Um, Still, it goes on. I, I want to. I want to go to this story today. I told you. I mentioned in the opening, and I know you know this. That tomorrow they're going to be discussing, meaning who's who, uh, the advisors to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are going to vote about whether to add the COVID nineteen vaccines uh, to the schedule of vaccines for children as young as five. What's happening there, and what what are your thoughts about that? Uh, I don't understand how this can even happen because these are not what's available in the United States are not licensed products. So they would be mandating what continues to be an experimental product um, in children. It, it isn't at that age, so it's not, it's 
yeah, in that age group, apparently it's it's not licensed, is my understanding at all. Um, and even in those age groups where it is licensed, the pharmaceutical companies are not distributing the licensed product. They're only distributing the emergency use authorized product. There's no benefit to children, and many nations in Europe have prohibited the use of these vaccines in children. I, 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 uh, I can't predict what's going to happen. You're talking about the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices down in Atlanta, which is absolutely compromised by pharmaceutical interests. So ACIP, I'll just say it bluntly, has been corrupted, as has the CDC. And uh, the CDC has been basically weaponized for political objectives. We'll see uh, what transpires here. But the most important point is, in all of this, is vote in November. This is a crucial election. And uh, if, if the House and in particularly, I'm hoping the Senate turns. The Senate is more tenuous. If the House and the Senate uh, flip, uh, and they need to flip fairly big, particularly the House, because there's a number of Republicans who are bought into the globalist agenda. Yep. Uh, this is what's really pushing these vaccines on everybody, just like they're pushing the various regulations about CO2, et cetera. Hey, Dr. Malone, um, let me say something quickly. I'm sorry. I just want to say we just heard very faintly your sweetheart, who is your Abigail Adams, who has sworn <laughs> to ruin with you. And I just want to hats off to her. I haven't met her, but I just uh, I just attribute to her for standing by you. I know you guys have given up a lot, so I would just want to thank her publicly. Now, back to this issue. Um, yeah, so... I want to tell you just one little thing that you may not have seen. Uh, you know, there's a number of people on this committee, number of entities. Uh, this, uh, the approval for this vaccine needs to come from the CDC, the American Academy of Family Physicians, and the American Academy of Pediatrics, and they've all been promoting the vaccines. They are, as you said, compromised. But now here's the twist. The American Association of Pharmaceutical Scientists said it opposes it and says this is a dangerous idea that will only benefit the vaccine manufacturers at the expense of the best interests of kids. Not only do the shots have essentially no meaningful positive impact on children's health, the fact that the risk of severe adverse events are greater than any potential small benefit is becoming increasingly evident. Did you hear that? American Association of Pharmaceutical Scientists, does that surprise you? Um, you're talking about AAPS. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, AAPS. No, that yeah. is that is that is a a strongly worded statement. It's completely aligned with uh, the Global COVID Summit and our declaration for uh, I think it was back in May 11th, where we, at which I've been serving as the president of that organization. John Littell and many of these others are members. Uh, that's been our position now for quite a long time. But isn't it and something? I <laughs> Yeah, it's, but, it's a crack in the wall. Yes, um, like I said, it's going to be it's going to be interesting uh, what comes out. Paul Offit, who uh, in my experience over decades has never seen a vaccine he didn't want to put into a child, um, is now saying that these vaccines should not be used in children. Oh wow, um, which well, is also quite remarkable. And you know so, what? Now, see that that I'm sorry, I don't mean to flatter you. I just want to praise you in the right way 
because it's your voice and the voice of all these other doctors who are coming to this summit this weekend that has made that possible. And it's just an amazing how even a small, comparatively small group of people speaking out can actually have such tremendous effect, and that's why they want to destroy you, I might point out. Uh, but um, I, want to jo- I want to jump in with a plug for this summit. Uh, it's the Florida, Florida Summit on COVID-2, and it's the future of medicine in post-COVID America. Dr. Malone will be there, uh, and you can get your tickets at prescribetruth.com. And it's not just Dr. Malone. It's, you know, all the other heroes in this scenario, uh, Pierre Corey, Ryan Cole, Paul Alexander, um, I can't read them all. Richard, you're so, it's a whole huge list. And my, Matt Staver will be speaking on the defense of people in the military. So I think you should come. I'm just telling all of you, if you can drive, get in the car. Some of you are in states close to Florida, and some of you are in Florida. And I think it's well worth the drive. Prescribetruth.com, you can get your tickets. I want There's another issue that I just have to get pick your brain on. I cannot believe this. I, I can't believe this. This came out well, yesterday. Boston University defends controversial study on COVID hybrid strain with 80% mortality rate in mice. They have been doing the same thing that they were doing in the Wuhan lab, making these strains more viral. And in this new virus that they're so proud they've created, it kills the uh, the rats with a mortality rate of 80%. What's happening here, Dr. Malone? How can this still be taking place? Uh, that's another thing that's happened is the breakdown of institutional oversight on recombinant DNA and uh, um, and gain of function research. That what happens in these universities is that the people that are pushing the edge and want to do these things, largely because they feel they're entitled to, because they are so well educated and so um, so smart. They, they believe that they're entitled to do this kind of work. And they're also very influential in the oversight committee. So there's corruption of institutional oversight. This, this should not have been done. Um, and it, it was not only was it done, but Boston University is one of the sites that has high-level containment research facilities. And as I understand it, the work was actually done at what's called BSL-2 level, which is open bench level. That's, that's absolutely not acceptable. And what it demonstrates really is that Boston University's uh, oversight for this type of research has been completely compromised. Well, and I'm, I'm just to make it practical to listeners, this means that we, I believe, I don't want to panic anyone, but there's always danger of leaks. Did we not see that at Wuhan lab, which is what caused this post-pandemic in the first place? I think, I think it is the most the most uh, probable cause of the emergence of SARS-CoV-2 is that it was engineered at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and escaped uh, through uh, infection of a uh, animal handler or something like that. It could have escaped uh, in animal carcass, but uh, it's, it's, I think the data now show that it's either it's either an unintentional release, like we're describing, or it was something that was done um, strategically, and that's even spookier. It is but spookier. This would, not be the, this would not be the first time of an unintentional release from a laboratory, and you you may be familiar with respiratory syncytial virus, which is a major problem in very young children and newborns. I'm not. Um, 
respiratory syncytial virus did not exist in the United States or in the world before the 1950s. The data suggests that it was another laboratory leak in Silver Spring uh, from a monkey research colony that the U.S. government was running. So the same kind of situation. These viruses escaping from research labs have a long, long history. You know, I was part of an effort in the early 2000s to institute some bioethical um, uh, laws with Chuck Colson and a good friend of mine, Johnny Erickson Tata. We helped get this bill passed. I was president of CWA in Washington at the time uh, because uh, scientists need help. Uh, Their conscience, their their intellect uh, takes them beyond the bounds sometimes of morality. And there has to be some measure of morality brought into this. I think of Dr. Mengele. And the Nazis, and I think of you know the island of Dr. Morrow, which was fiction, but it just the old Frankenstein movies where I, you know I, I, <laughs> I completely agree with you that if there's anything that this all of this points to over the last three years, we need to have major revisions of the Biowarfare Treaty, which is a toothless thing. Um, and uh, we also have to have major revisions both in education, training, and in policy concerning oversight of research, particularly in the area of uh, biodefense and pathogen research. Yeah. Well, I, you know, every time I talk to you, there's never enough time, and we're out of time. Uh, but I just appreciate your time, Dr. Malone, and I look forward to seeing you this weekend. And let me just say, for those of you listening, seriously, seriously consider dropping what you're doing and coming on Saturday. This affects each and every one of us. And Dr. Malone is right. It does tie to the election, which we talk about every day. We did at the top of the show uh, to get you out there. This matters. You must vote. It's the Florida Summit on COVID-2, the future of medicine in post-COVID America. Regardless of how you stood, whether you were vaccinated or not, you need to know the truth because it has repercussions for our future health and, of course, much, much more. The control by totalitarians of our lives. And we cannot hand that over without a fight. Dr. Malone, we thank you so much. And uh, many thanks to your wife for all the hard work she does. Oh, by the way, uh, sign up for his Sunday strip. Uh, how can I do that? Quickly tell them. Uh, go, uh, RW, let's see what it is. rwmalonemd.substack.com. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.